0: Linda blinked. And here we have The Rankings 2. Gertrude, Duchess of Epsom. Part 1. Even in the pantheon of Flintstone creations, this mature lady with rags for breasts and a multi purpose riding crop is an unrivalled goddess. The Duchess is many things. Overall head of British intelligence, goddaughter to the Queen, wife to the depraved Clarence, would-be champion skier, temporary leader of cock, trainer to the most inspiring horse in Secretariat, and always, always down for a good time. She's also got direct access to the launch buttons for the Trine nuclear missiles, which isn't at all concerning. Numbering prime ministers and bodybuilders amongst her lovers, the Duchess has somehow managed to keep a low profile despite driving around the English countryside with a horse box and a Panama hat, exposing her own and her mistress's breasts to innocent service station attendants and occasionally being left completely naked and delirious on the gravel drive of her country pile. Whatever she's paying the household staff at Epsom Hall, it's not enough. Her husky voice has become iconic, as have her three-inch nipples, and her mysterious past, remember Swiss skiing instructor Francois Girard and the reveal that she has a lost child by him, is one of those dangling threads which Rocky leaves so tantalisingly open to possibility. The Duchess's steady hand would be needed more than ever in light of Belinda's shocking decision to leave the company. We haven't heard the last of Dirty Gertie. Rocky's Comment This lady, because she's too old to be called a girl, is someone who should be a girl in the Blinda Blinked franchise. If I had to ever rewrite the books, say for a movie, I would recast Gertrude as a sassy 39-year-old. At the top of her game, whatever that might be, but I'd still keep those riveting nipples and breasts. Well, I would change one itsy-bitsy detail her breast shape. Yes, I'd revamp her bust size to one that would equal Belinda's and Bella's and why not go the whole hog and include the slimmer Giselle whose tits notoriously fell down like pomegranates in the pent-ribar. Yes, in a remodelling of the original characters the Duchess would be 20 plus years younger and a much more accomplished horse-box trailer driver. But that's enough of my indulgences. Here's the story where the Duchess books herself into a breast remodelling clinic and attains those attributes I've just been discussing. It was hot. Passenger Gertrude Bromley mopped her brow for the second time in ten minutes. She listened attentively to the garbled tannoy messages shouted out at random in Guaralos Airport. There was one particular flight she was waiting for the 1.47pm to Manaus, North Brazil. Her previous 12-hour flight from London Heathrow was comfortable. Business V-class did at least guarantee a restful 10-hour sleep. But the next flight didn't do business of any sort. It was going to be a ball-breaker, and the Duchess knew what that meant. She'd always acknowledged that travelling incognito on her own special mission which was so important to her deflated self-esteem, meant that her final destination was unknown. Well, to everyone except surgeon Marco Arriquez. Yes, Gertrude was at last going to do something about those paper-thin tits, and of course, Belinda's pal, Jim Sterling, had highly recommended her horse riding acquaintance Marco. What was a lady to do? To be continued. 2. Gertrude, Duchess of Epsom Part 2 At last, the boarding gate was announced. Just 12 minutes before the gate closed, Gertrude moaned. She'd been warned about the last-minuteness of Brazil, but this was ridiculous. 12 minutes to walk the length of an international airport. It was lunacy, but hey, T-I-B, which means this is Brazil... At that moment, a suave young gentleman gripped her elbow. "'Madame, heaven no worries. I am not from the Red Flag Brigade to kidnap you. Instead, I am a highly qualified Red Cap, and I shall whisk you on my electric trolley to your boarding-gate.' Under his breath, he added, "Signor Riques has reserved it.' Gertrude gasped, as only a middle-aged lady could, and tumbled into his arms, whilst ensuring she kept hold of her dark leather satchel. "As madame, we have no time for the hanky-panky. We must get there in ten minutes, or we are lost.' With that, he gunned his electric motor, and the silicon-moulded tyres gripped the marble floor with a whoosh. In five minutes, Gertrude found herself buckled into her flight seat with her hand luggage safely stowed. Seconds later, the aircraft taxied and took off. Gertrude Bromley fell deeply asleep. Three hours and 48 minutes later, Gertrude walked down the steps of her Sao Paulo plane into a hellhole of humidity. God! God! she thought. I don't need an orgasm to get wet here. I'm totally wet all over. She smiled and thought again. But I like it. The head of the MI6 British Secret Service walked across the rain-soaked tarmac and collected her luggage. Another hand gripped her elbow. Come with me, madame. Signor Uriques has transport waiting for you. Gertrude gasped longly at the stunningly physical masculinity of her new companion, and he knew he would have her completely in the back of his minivan. It was what he did to those who wanted that little extra attention in his home city. After all, he, like God, was Brazilian, and like God, he didn't charge for the extra services. He just needed a good tip, which he always earned. A much-dishevelled Duchess arrived slightly behind schedule at her hotel opposite the world-famous Manaus Opera House. Her delicious driver checked her in, took her to her room, stripped her of her clothing, and put her in the shower. Duty done, he left her to her soap and towels. The $50 US tip cheered him wonderfully. If a rookies was as loyal as he'd always been, he'd be first in line to drive this one back to the airport, and he'd make sure to sample the new attributes, whatever they were. A good night's sleep with a medium-rare room service and pommes-frites steak somewhere in the middle saw Gertrude up and running the next morning, albeit 6am Minaus time. An early morning telephone call from Surgeon Arikis confirmed breakfast with his latest patient. By midday, they were travelling upriver to his clinic in the heart of the Amazon. Gertrude was getting nervous as the reality of what she'd signed up to hit her. Sat in the rear of the powerful racing motorboat, she stroked her her thin tits for what was probably the last time. But deep down, she had no regrets. <laughs> She gently fondled the leather suitcase she'd dutifully carried from the tech department of MI6 back in central London. Soon, its liquid contents would be placed inside her tits and she would once again become undeniable to male or female. Now even in the humid river heat, she started to shiver from excitement. The boat pulled into a small jetty. She'd arrived. It was now or never. Marco sat down opposite Gertrude and handed her a small glass of Chardonnay wine. "'You know, Duchess, stop, Marco, call me Gertie. It's important to me, not only from a security point of view, but also to me in a moving-on sort of way from my old paper-thin tits. Do you understand?' She looked pleadingly at him. He smiled, nodded his head and said, "'Good!' "'This is a very positive route to take, Gertrude, Gertie, "'and be assured I always test-drive my work. "'You will not leave disappointed in any way.' "'Once again his golden smile spread across his face, "'and Gertrude felt a friction of excitement waft through her vagina. "'Besides,' he added, "'Belinda would kill me if I failed you.' "'Gertrude laughed and added, "'Okay, I'm ready.' Here's my leather satchel with my very sophisticated implant silicon. Do it. rickys opened the satchel and whistled. Wow, Duchess, if I put all this lot in, you'd never fit through a restaurant door again. Gertie blinked. 1. Belinda Bounty Blumenthal Part 1 it would have been a disgrace not to place the Queen of Découpage and the champion kisser of the Kentish Board Games Society at number one. With Seal's experience across multiple continents, Blinda Blumenthal is, always prepared, The briefcase never leaves her side. Eternally punctual, her calendar is imprinted on her mind at all times. Unapologetic, especially about her sexy black thumb. Intuitive, gifted with the unusual olfactory ability to tell your past based on what your socks smell like. Inspiring, rousing speeches or choral chants can be provided at a moment's notice. And a talented manager of employees, she uses a reward-based approach for her direct staff. But just don't crash your bloody cower, Okay. Guided by her undying faith in the gods, she will always make you feel comfortable and safe when getting down to business, whether 15,000 feet in the sky or in a dingy basement flat. And no matter whether she finds herself in a medium-sized garden maze or a hot air balloon above the dust and scrub, Belinda navigates the situation with all the expertise of Jamie Morton backstage at the Club Theatre it helps that she has some kind of family fortune that Thai mahogany tile floor won't pay for itself and the ability to go without sleep or bathing for weeks at a time her only weakness and it's a big one is an insatiable need for turkey Belinda didn't express herself much in Book 1 to the chagrin of Alice, James and millions of others, but she's exploded in an array of colours since then, including demonstrating remarkable adroitness with a travel spanner. She's provided us with so many mantras and axioms over the years. My personal favourite must be, ''Harness the ordinary person and you can rule the world.'' which, disgracefully, hasn't yet been included in the Oxford Dictionary of Quotations. Ultimately, Belinda is a role model for all young people around the world, reminding us that it may be hard work, but we can have it all. Turkey, Chardonnay, friends, fortune, and red chilli sex. Now that she's President and Chief Operating Executive Officer, you know, P-C-O-E-O, of Bishurstelung Enterprises. Things are taking an unexpected new direction for our bad bitch of business. And I, for one, can't wait. Rocky's Comment Belinda blinked. It wasn't a dream. Or was it? She turned over and fell back into a fitful sleep. Belinda started to snore. Her husband, Des, nudged her gently. "'Fuck off, Des. I need my sleep. I've got one hell of a day tomorrow, and you know it. Once again, I've got to go to court to get you off another fucking parking fine. Fuck off!' Des smirked in the darkness of their one-bedroom crummy rented console flat on the outskirts of central London, but he acknowledged she was right. His fluorescent orange town car taxi business had gotten him into deeper parking fines than he could pay, and of course Belinda would bail him out. Not that she earned much. A jodper salesgirl in Foster's of Knightsbridge, she would never be a top earner, especially as the boss, Cedric Foster, kept deducting monies from her pay packet for indecent exposure to clients, whatever that meant. Well, if you sell fucking Jodpurse, you're going to show some ass in the sales demos. Des caressed Belinda's tits and drifted back to sleep. Well, that didn't go too bad, Belinda. Des chuckled as they left court. And that old trout of a justice of the peace hired me to take her bridge club out on the town next Saturday night. Ching-ching! Fuck off, Des. Drop me off at work. I've got a big American client calling in today for a special fitting. "'Cedric says if I fuck it up, I'm fired. "'Belinda, my darling, with tits like yours and an ass to die for, "'there's no way you won't get the sale.' Des winked at her and pulled out into the traffic. Delighted to meet you, Mr. Sterling, and your companion.' "'Gee, Belinda, it's great to be in your hands. "'I was worried that old clown, what do you call them, search. "'No, no, I got it. Cedric would be fitting me.' I just don't like male hands near my special bits, so to speak. Sorry, forgot my manners. This here beautiful lady is Bella. Bella Ridley. You've probably seen her on British TV. Yeah, she's main anchor at CCB Studios' programme Newsdays. But enough of us. Where's the gear? Ah, could you get uh, Bella a glass of champagne? Belinda replied slightly pompously. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mister Sterling. We're all out of champagne. Would English sparkling wine do? Denby's, Chapeldown, Simpsons from Canterbury. No worries, Belinda. If it's bubbly, Bella will drink it. He smiled at Bella, who sat down on the white leather recliner and held out her hands and breathed. Doubles, please. To be continued. One. Belinda Bounty Blumenthal Part Two Belinda went to the overly ornate mahogany drinks cabinet situated in the corner of the display area and poured three, not two, glasses of England's finest bubbly. Please join your companion, Mr Sterling, on the recliner whilst I play you our introductory video. It will answer all the questions you've been asking yourself about the British and international equestrian scene in the space of only five minutes. And then, I'm all yours. Bella (laughs) belched. Belinda pressed the buttons on the digital device and retired behind a discreet curtain. The room went dark and the intro music played. Five minutes later, Belinda pulled the curtain aside, dressed only in a stunning set of off-white, khaki jaw Her glamorous tits were hung like pomegranates, and Jim smiled. "'Gee, Belinda, I just love picking low-hanging fruit. Ask Bella here.' Jim guffawed and finished off the bottle Belinda had unobtrusively set down between them before she played the demo. "'Why, Mr. Sterling, sir, I'd expect nothing else.' Belinda smiled as she walked up and down in her skin-tight attire, letting her breasts swell and sway as her nipples hardened in front of the very big money. Bella belched again, and Belinda took a second bottle from the drink's cabinet. Having seen the jodhpuss, would so like to view the moleskin skin jackets? Why, yes, Belinda, as long as they're not too tight-fitting around the breasts. Jim smiled and nodded a nod to Belinda as if saying, just you keep those titties on view and we'll be right dandy. And Belinda did just that. Having disappeared behind the curtain for the second time, she re-emerged with a beautiful red coat and black trimmings. Leaving the silver buttons on the foot unbuttoned, she swaggered into the fitting room with her breast swinging wildly like Tarzan amongst the jungle tree trunks. Bella immediately put down her half-finished glass and stood up. Jim, she declared, I want that coat, and I want it now. Jim mouthed a big, Yes, and stripped it off Belinda. Bella immediately removed all her upper garments, revealing her very own measly thin tits and minuscule nipples. The coat enveloped her in red moleskin, much to the chagrin of her companion. Anything smaller, Belinda? he cried out. Why, yes, sir, follow me to the stockroom belinda took off and a sweating jim followed her up the old staircase at the top belinda removed her tight jumpers and now completely bare advanced on jim come here my man and i'll give you a roasting spit of a good time in five seconds flat belinda had stripped jim back to his boxer shorts and smothered him in the sexual liquids emanating from all her dripping orifices Jim was stunned, but never to be backward, pulled off his waist covering and let his massive todger enter the fray. Wow! Belinda gasped. That is one hell of a dick, Jim, and what a magnificent specimen it surely is. Jim smiled and contemptuously stuffed it up Belinda's ass. I hope you like some big Belinda, because that's all we do in Texas. Belinda blinked. Somewhere in the far distance, Bella Belst. The conclusion. We are now at the end of our monumental journey through the Belinda Blinked character rankings, and it only remains for me to say thank you to Sammy and all you Blinkers who will have now widened your already immaculate knowledge of the series immensely. But wait, you do know there's more to come. So, until next time, I wish you all a happy and fulfilling life. And remember, life is shit, but we all move on. Rocky blinked. So... If you like the style of my podcast, then I'd like to get you the special gift for the Belinda Blinked fan in your life. I will record your message in the same style as my podcast, Rocky on Unleashed. So... Hi, Jamie Morton, Rocky Flintstone here, just wishing you a very, very happy birthday. Enjoy your day and see you soon. Cheers! You can get this great, unique present from my Etsy store, Rocky's Pavilion, all one word. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Ciao! Ciao!